0: It's Tigers Talk with Memphis broadcasting legend, Greg Gaston. Here, Greg, weekday mornings on Sports 56 Mornings, along with Eli Savoy from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. On Twitter, X at Greg underscore Gaston. Here's Greg with Bryant, Brett, and Jay Morgan.
1: Greg Gaston joins us now to talk Tigers. You can hear him on this station every single morning with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. How was the weekend in uh, St. Louis?
2: Wasn't too bad. would have uh, liked that the Memphis Tigers oh, yeah. would come away with a victory, but uh, pretty good effort nonetheless. A great crowd, good atmosphere, and I uh, had a pretty good time personally in St. Louis. Had a bunch of the family members up there, so thanks for asking Yeah. Not not too shabby, Brian. Good, good. Glad to hear.
3: And Greg, next next week you're going to be with us on Tuesday. Is that right? Ooh.
2: Yes, Tuesday. I'm uh, doing a little surgery on 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 Wednesday during the Tigers' bye week. So uh, thank you for being very accommodating for well, my segment to Tuesday.
3: And, and 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 be very very. Yeah. I know I know you'd be in good hands, but uh, all all the best to you next week. Boy, open date for you going 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 under the knife uh, for, for the Memphis Tigers. How great a feeling will will it be to head into that open date with just that one loss, very respectable loss at Mizzou, but uh, and take care of business against boys. That that would almost be the the dream scenario,
2: wouldn't it? Well, we were talking last week, Brad, about uh, the murderer's row of these three games, right? Missouri, Boise, and Tulane. And if you can win two out of three, you're sitting pretty. And obviously, the Tulane game is a conference game, so you're sitting really pretty. But to do that, they got to win on Saturday, or you're looking at at least two, if not three losses out of that stretch, and then that's when depression sets in. So let's think half, uh, to half full guy, right? Let's, let's think about the optimistic side, and that is, as you just said, get a win. You go into the off week, you're feeling really good about yourself. You have a lot of time to prep for Tulane, which right now is the top team in the conference over the last couple of years. So this is an extremely important game. I, I do understand it's not a conference game. I get that. It has nothing to do with the conference championship game, which Memphis is hoping, hoping to make at the end. But let's be honest. the To have cachet like Boise State in town, the home street that they have had, they have won, the bulk of their games over the last decade at home, they're playing again, pretty good football. Sitting at three and one, despite coming off the loss, hopefully a really nice crowd in front of what should be beautiful weather, and the 2003 New Orleans Bowl team being saluted over the uh, Friday Saturday weekend. It's extreme. It sets up extremely nice for a Tigers W to feel really good about themselves moving forward.
3: And and, and Greg, I, I think. I can't be alone. I think I learned more about the Memphis Tigers against Mizzou than I had in any of those th- previous three wins.
2: Oh, there's no, there's no doubt about it. Look, against Bethune Cookman, you didn't learn anything. You learned, uh, I mean, a tad more against Arkansas State, but that was a really poor performance by Arkansas State. Memphis had a lot to do with that. And then against Navy, you kind of throw it out the window after it's done, right? You hope to survive, beat Navy with their. Certainly, it's not unusual because they do it every single year, but when you look at the scope of things in football, the triple option offense is very, very rare anymore except for the, uh, the service academy. So, mm-hmm. yes, you don't get a great gauge of where they are. And in this particular game, look, the Tigers were their own worst enemies. They made some mistakes. Sure, they gave up over 500 yards. There were breakdowns in the defense, but it wasn't like they walked in there and got clobbered like they did the last time they met Missouri. It was certainly not a neutral field. It was definitely a road game. It was a hostile environment. It was loud. They start up the game they, They're without their top two kickers. They have to throw in a young guy who did a really nice job. And, again, I thought they, they held up well. I thought physically they matched Missouri, and that was really the area I was scared the most about. And then second was trying to, to settle down Burden, keep them in, in check, and, and they couldn't. The guy's too fast. They got other speedy guys on the outside. They took advantage of that speed, and they took advantage of some of that size difference that they had with those SEC caliber players. But I I thought, again, I'm not into moral victories, neither is the team, but I thought they, they fared pretty well for a tough battle in a tough environment.
1: Well, Greg, you mentioned uh, Tanner Gillis, the uh, the third string kicker that had to uh, had to play in that game on Saturday. We talked to to Dave Wilotion earlier this week, and he said that it was kind of uh, game time when when y'all heard about that that uh, the two kickers in front of him weren't going to be playing. That it, was, it pregame had already started. But uh, have you heard any updates about those two kickers and uh, in, in their availability for Saturday? It'll
2: be Gillis. Gillis wow. will go. On Saturday, yeah, it was it was very unusual because we meet with the coaches, as you know, mm-hmm. and they're pretty open with us. But for whatever reason, Ryan Silverfield wanted to keep this one close to the best. Did not talk at all about that. Now, granted, we never asked about special teams for right. the kickers. We didn't think it was an issue, but when I found out about ninety minutes before the game, those two guys didn't even travel with the team. Said, "Wow, we're uh, we're in for something completely new." And we were with that young man Gillis, who was a local guy a local product, and he really did well. Now, this weekend and and moving forward, if he has to be your your kicker, he he is limited. He doesn't have this huge huge leg where he's booting 60-yarders, and so they're going to be uh, cautious with him on where they will decide to go for kicks and where they will decide to go for it in fourth-down situations. So something to keep an eye on, certainly in a tight game. And
3: and for the Tigers, I talk about that, that impression I had from that loss, a very competitive loss, a game that could have been won. I won't go shoulda, but certainly was there for the taking for the Tig- Memphis Tigers a lot of the night. M- Missouri's offensive and defensive line and that defensive intensity, I-, I don't know if that Memphis sees that again this year. Now, a healthy Michael Pratt with the Tulane offense, they might see an offense like that, but they may not see either side of the ball like that again this year.
2: Yeah, again, SEC-caliber players. And and they knew what they were facing in that offensive line for Missouri, but also with that defensive front with a couple of edge rushers that could be playing in the National Football League, some big-time defensive backs. And the key, first of all, was whether or not they would be able to hang in there as far as the physicalness of this game. Not only did they hang in there, I thought they were just as physical as Missouri. Now, mind you, they wore down in that fourth quarter, Schrader was able to get his yards in that fourth quarter and they put it on ice at the very end, but still Memphis hung tough and end up losing by a touchdown. But I think you're right, Brett, from a physical standpoint, they and Navy was physical, but nothing compared to what Missouri was. I don't think they'll face as physical a team, but yes, with Tulane and we'll we'll talk about that next week. They're going to certainly face a, an extremely talented team that with Michael Pratt is very capable of of doing what they did last year and, and getting back and playing in a big time bowl game, a New Year's Six bowl game, but Memphis is going to try to derail that and they want to be that team.
1: Well you mentioned Boise or you mentioned Tulane, but this week Boise State on Saturday. What do you expect to see from from Boise State on Saturday?
2: Okay, so this is a team I don't think is as physical as Missouri, but they're physical. Mm-hmm. And don't let two and two and that record deceive you. They played Washington right now. The Huskies yeah. are one of the top teams in the nation. They should have beaten UCS. It came down to the wire. They gave up a field goal, but they had outplayed UCS. So probably, and that's what the coaching staff was telling us today, the Memphis coaching staff, that they probably should be 3-1. and one. They are big up front, big offensive linemen, a lot of weight there. They got an unbelievable running back who, believe it or not, started the year depth chart-wise number two. But this Ashton Gentry is the real deal. In fact, they were telling us that they think he's everything as good or better than Tajay Spears, who played for Tulane last year and is now playing with the Tennessee Titans. He's a physical running back. He has breakaway speed. And if you don't tackle him low, you try to tackle him high, you'll bounce right off the guy's thighs. He's strong, and I expect him to be a big part of their offense. They have a really strong-armed quarterback. He's not great but he's capable. He can sling it 70 yards. His name is Taylor Greene. He could also run more like a, they compared him to Kaepernick, what Kaepernick used to be wow. when he was playing for Nevada and then on to the National Football League. So they got some quality players. They don't have, they're not this incredibly fast team. And Memphis is hoping to expose them with some of their speed they have on the outside. As far as their defense is concerned, I think it's a, a good defense, a solid defense especially up front. They got some meat in the middle. I don't think it's a great defense, but I think uh, it's a very solid Boise State team. You won't confuse this team with the Boise State team that beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl, uh, but they are certainly a talented team, and they are good enough to come into Memphis and win this game.
3: Greg Gaston with us from the Tigers' sideline, and he joins us every week. Next week, it'll be on Tuesday to accommodate his schedule, and we're so glad to do it. It's brought to you by the offices of Stephen Leffler, Mount Moriah Auto Sales, Chet Witsit, your cry realtor, and Neal's Bar and Grill. So what will it be Saturday? Track meet first to 40, or can this game be won in the 20s for the Memphis Tigers?
2: Yeah, it, it could be. But I think it's going to be more of a high-scoring game. I expect this game to be at least similar to what we saw last week in Missouri, where it was what sixty-one points scored. I think it'll be above sixty-one. I think you're looking more like a seventy-point game. So I like I like the Memphis Tigers by a touchdown in this game. I know they're three and a half point favorites. So looking more like uh, it could be something like a thirty-eight, thirty-one type game.
1: That'd be a fun game. That really would. I know one thing me and Brett have already talked about today, and a thing I'm really excited about for Saturday's game, is uh, honoring that 2003 team that went to the New Orleans Bowl, won it. Uh, as you know, uh, Greg, you helped me get my first uh, TV appearance in 2003 on your Big uh, Showbiz break! Yeah, in my Big Showbiz break, that's right. But but what do you expect <laughs> this weekend from that 2003 team honoring them? I know you had Danny Wimprine on the show yesterday. I, I was so mad I, I missed that interview because I love Danny Wimprime, but but what do you expect uh, the reception to be like on Saturday for that 2003
2: team? A lot of hugs, a lot of handshakes, a lot of smiles. There's a lot of players that haven't been able to get back to Memphis or to keep up with the program. Danny is one of them. And you know, The big-time quarterback yeah. who helped do what he did for Memphis and will go down as one of the great players in the history of the program, just uh, has been busy working, being a dad of four uh, kids in New Orleans, and tries to keep up when he can, but uh, he told us that he just hasn't been able to do that. And then, of course, there's the great D'Angelo Williams, who I had a chance to see in Jonesboro at the Arkansas State game and talk to him during the broadcast. And D'Angelo gets back as much as he can, and he's been a an integral part of uh, the great alums of this program being there for this program, for this coaching staff, for these players. And so, you know, there's just two of the big, big names that you'll see, but you'll see a lot of guys that played their role uh, on the team. Uh, Danny was talking about, I asked him, who are you still close with? And he he rattled off some names, including a bunch of offensive linemen, which make a lot of sense. And he said that a bunch of those guys will be there. Uh, He he named a few guys that won't be there because of uh, things going on with their lives. But I I expect probably 60 or more of those players to be on hand for this reunion. So, yes, to answer your question, smiles, hugs handshakes, and a lot of uh, goodwill towards men.
3: And, and Greg, I haven't seen it, but I'm told at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium Complex, that recruiting room, which I think's on the Coliseum side of the stadium, near the press box, that it's just fabulous.
2: Well, it, it's, it's really nice, and they do a nice job in rolling out the red carpet, and they do expect a huge uh, contingent of recruits to be on hand. So, it's an extremely important game for all the reasons we just rattled off. Most importantly, obviously to keep that, you know, to to win again, to go to four and one, to have that momentum going into the bye week where they will have plenty of time to get ready for Tulane. And I think that will lead to a huge crowd, although it will be a Friday night. I do understand that. So I I say that a little, a little bit apprehensive knowing that uh, sometimes people just can't make it because their kids are playing football and the kids themselves are playing football. So, I understand That's that, for but Tulane I think, this
3: week against Boise Saturday.
2: No, no, I'm am saying that this win is so important to lead oh, yeah, into yeah. that game. But yeah, no, I'm no sorry. problem. But yeah, to have those people fired up and just excited about when they I get to you. meet You're Tulane. Right. But this weekend, I look, I will be disappointed if it's twenty five thousand announced again uh, that they had for Bethune Cookman and Navy. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I understand that. You know, there's about 25,000, 22,000 to 25,000 of the diehards that are usually there uh, for most games. But I think because it's it's Boise State, Boise State has kind of carried the batter yeah. of, if you will, the group of five for years now. I'm not saying they're the best team, but as far as programs are concerned, there's not too many, if any, that you can name from the group of five that has more prominence than Boise State. And plus, they've never played Memphis. So you're seeing something new. And I think people are excited to see a a team that that has some cachet, that is new, with a lot on the line, beautiful weather expected, as we just talked about the 2003 New Orleans Bowl team being honored. That's why I think it should be a a, a really good crowd. And I was thinking about this, Brett, and you're the perfect guy to ask because your memory is uncanny. If you take out... SEC teams that they've played at Simmons-Bank Liberty Stadium and take out any big conference game from the past, the UCFs, the Cincinnati. As far as a non-conference opponent, are there any bigger here in recent memory? Am I missing somebody? I mean, Boise State is a huge name.
3: UCLA was real good in 2017. That was, the, that one o'clock game. It okay. was just an absolute sauna toaster, uh, yeah. miserable weather day. That was big. I would go back to Miami playing the U around. 98, 99 into 2000 or so, somewhere, somewhere in there. And that, that was an early season game and an early Saturday morning game. And the, then the U was kind of in between dynasties at that time. Hmm. They were good, but it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't peak level you but this this would suffice this is big time and greg i have i promise you i have not said bryant can attest i have not said a single word this week about attendance i wasn't going mm-hmm. to now you you dragged me back in i'm going to <laughs> I, i'm with you i i mean I, i'm i'm thinking you know low side this should be 36 37 38 and with that win then that next friday night against tulane that first number needs to be a 4 mhm
2: yeah, so that's yeah, that's the the going to say. And not 4,000, and it won't be. Exactly. I, look, I will be disappointed if there isn't a three in the front of the numbers uh, here on Saturday. I think it will be. Uh, hopefully it's more toward, as you said, the middle or upper part of it. Who knows? But I'll take at least the number three to start things off. The Tulane game, again, you win this one, you're 4-1, and one, you're feeling great. Tulane right now is the Bell cow football-wise in the conference. Cottonball champs, That can certainly change, right. But I I, I do concern myself with what I had said previously. It's a Friday night. There's high school football. The parents are with their kids. The grandparents are with their kids. Uh, Will they be able to make it to the game? We'll worry about that when it happens. They have to take care of business this weekend. Like I said, from the get-go, I know it's not a conference game, but it sets up everything moving forward, including the momentum and including the fan base being excited about that two-lane game and the rest of the schedule
1: talking to Greg Gass and we're talking Tigers and, and Greg before we let you go I do want to touch on some basketball with practice starting a couple days ago but uh, before we, we talk about this upcoming team I know you were you were at practice yesterday I want to get your thoughts on on what you saw but what did you make of this uh, I guess update about Mikey Williams that the university put out yesterday
2: yeah and, and nothing new right I mean right. it's exactly what we thought we had heard that he was taking some online classes that he was still on the roster hard Hardaway is loyal, sometimes loyal to a fault, but I completely understand hmm. this one. Let the process uh, go go as far as it can go. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe Mikey Williams will be a part of this program. Maybe in the future if somehow he gets uh, gets out of this thing with no felony charges and their misdemeanors. I, I don't know. I'm not a, a legal consultant. I, I don't know how that's even possible. But they're they're doing it right. Uh, and, and he's he's going to continue to support young men and not throw him under the bus. So I, that did not surprise me whatsoever. Uh, you asked me about Mikey, but also with DeAndre, he said that maybe we'll find out, hopefully we'll find out here in the next few days, maybe in the early next week oh, about wow. Williams. I'm not real optimistic about that one either because of the NCAA, and they have been basically turning down everybody lately here as far as um, that is concerned. So I'm not sure if, if they will, will grant him his his wish to be able to play another year. I'm hoping my fingers are crossed, Mm -hmm. but you got to get that waiver. And the NCAA has been putting up the stop sign to a lot of waivers uh, recently, but also to just uh, dwell a little bit on what I saw here, not dwell, but to uh, discuss a little bit what I saw. I was very impressed with the size of the team, the length of the team guards. Remember last year, and it was good. Kendrick Davis was great. Uh, But when you had guards out there that were Kendrick Davis and Alo's size, uh, you had a very very small backcourt. These guys are big. Jaquan Walton, who's a wing, is six seven, six eight, looks even taller. Wow. They have an extreme amount of size. They are definitely can get it up and down the court. They were playing tenacious defense, and it was just their second practice. Uh, shooting the ball from the outside pretty well. David Jones, I, I think, may be the steal of all the guys they got in the portal. Obviously, they have a legitimate center who can score and play defense in Jordan Brown. And and some young guys that could really contribute right away. My question will be, how he's gonna how is he gonna distribute minutes, mm-hmm. and how is he gonna keep everybody happy? Because this is a team that can go really really deep, and I know that he's experimented with that in the past, and he doesn't want to go deep. But it's hard when two of the guys are your sons, right? And one yeah. is a guy who was almost like a son in Malco. So you kind of think that those guys are going to get their minutes, and there's talent up and down that that roster. So I I think this could be an extremely fun season and a season that could take the Tigers to uh, limits we haven't seen under Penny Hardaway.
3: Who is opening night point guard? Ball goes up there, Tigers win the tip, they throw it to whom? Quinterly. Run offense.
2: Quinterly will be the point guard, I'm pretty sure. Jalen Young, I think, will be the backup point guard. I'm guessing Quinterly as the starting point guard. He is really, really dynamic, really quick. Um, not one of the bigger guys, but still not real, real small like the backcourt last year. But I think that guy is just got, got, he's shifty. I, I like to say he's shifty. He's got all the moves. Well, he's got big shoes
3: to fill because <laughs> Kendrick he Davis set a high bar.
2: But, but he, what, what, one thing he won't have to do is have to shoot the rock all the time because he has a lot of guys around God. him that could score the basketball. Whereas Davis had to shoot, had to distribute, had to bring the ball up and down the court. And that's that. Just tells
1: you how good Kendrick Davis yeah. was. Yeah. Kendrick had to do a little bit of everything last year for the Tigers. But Greg, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll do it again next week.
2: Yep, talk to you on Tuesday next week, guys. Take care. Thanks, Greg.
1: Thank
3: you, Greg. Greg Gaston with us, talking Tigers, and it's it's been brought to you by our title sponsor of this hour. That's Hewlett and Dunn Boot and Jean on the historic square in Collierville since nineteen. 19- 61. Charles Hall. He started working there in his teens, and now with his wife Laura, they own the place. They're, they, they, it is their team, and they, they love being a part of the community. Known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, caps, and a, a cap for any team for any season. Western wear, work boots, safety toe, or soft toe, or rubber boots, they've got them all. And for any occasion, you can get boots at Hewlett Dunn, whether it's for dressy or for For work or for casual this weekend at all the tailgate spots, it will be a lot of boots there from Hewlett and Don. From head to toe, they have you covered with every brand imaginable. Dan Post, Ariat, Anderson Bean, whether for men or women, they got you covered.
1: Well, and like you said, it's not just the boots. Men's and women's clothing, jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duck head collection you'll find. Charles and Laurel Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street or to HewlettDunn.com on the square in Collierville. They also have the accessories, hats, sunglasses, boot care products in every area team, snapbacks, and cool hats you can think of. For the Tigers, Mississippi State, UT, Ole Miss, or the Razorbacks, they've got you covered. And for travel, their bag selection is absolutely top notch. HewlettandDunn.com, but please visit and say hello at 111 Center Street on the square in Collierville at Hewlett and Dunn. Let's get to a break. We need to get to one. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about what's trending. But first, here's another traffic update. Sports
0: 56 Traffic. Good afternoon. Still a lot of traffic flow coming over from
3: West Memphis on 55 southbound across the bridge. It's busy, but it's a clear shot right now as you come off 240 onto 385. Bill Morris Parkway headed out towards Collierville. It's really starting to build on 40 east, passing Hollywood. Warford headed towards White Station. Hey, Weimer's Jewelry, they're back open. Go by and see them at 7525 Highway 64.
0: That's Weimer's Jewelry. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to sports time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy
1: and Bryant Dacus. Bye. Welcome back into sports time, Brian and Brett, with you for about 30 more minutes as we wrap up today's show, and we're getting closer and closer to to more college football. We got three games tonight, a game tomorrow night, that full slate on Saturday, and and I'm I've said it before, I'm excited for these games tonight, but I'm really excited uh, about the slate of games we have on Saturday.
3: And tomorrow night, I think Utah tomorrow night will be a fun watch. Plenty of good games tonight and tomorrow night. And I saw this on the X machine today from Rex Byers at Rex underscore Byers, B E Y E R S. want to give him credit. Mm -hmm. Ball State journalism alum, thoughts and opinions are his own. Only guy you'll ever interact with. With to work offshore, Europe and in Vegas, free agent. Looks like a handicapper. Wow. You know I love handicappers. Great note, though. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for it. Tonight begins a stretch of there being at least one college football or NFL game for 54 of the next 55 days. Next Tuesday is the last scheduled day without one until November 22nd, the day before Thanksgiving.
1: Wow. that's, That's beautiful, Brett. I mean, it doesn't get better yeah. than that. It it really doesn't. And, uh, wow, and
3: and all the NBA in there, and all the, oh, yeah. the college basketball mm-hmm. be in there, the baseball playoffs. Playoff. Baseball, we'll just have it uh, all the time. And, and this weekend, college game day for the first time ever at Duke. And we yeah. we know here, and I know it'll Miss. Uh, no time like the first time. That's right. Uh, and in and, and that time in twenty fourteen for Ole Miss and for the Tigers here in the fall of twenty nineteen, then when it came back to Ole Miss uh in the twenty twenty one season, but it didn't feel like uh the first time. It was good in twenty twenty one, but really special. And for Duke on Game Day, you got to help me out. The guest picker i I hope I'm pronouncing his name correct. I sure want to. Uh Kim Jong. That's Jung.
1: correct. that's correct. Kim Jong. Uh yeah, he's a he's a comedian. Um he's been in Several movies. I, I I haven't seen a ton of his. I know he's like in the Hangover, those type of movies. I don't know his work. Uh, you, is he funny? Yeah, he's he's pretty funny. He, he's a pretty funny guy. He's on the Mass Center okay, that, on Fox. That,
3: okay, that that's the very first criteria criteria of being a comedian is to be funny.
1: You know, yeah, you know, Brett, it's uh, it's it's pretty high up there on uh, being funny as uh, as being a comedian. I mean, you got to have that. I,
3: I, I I knew a person that once would would, would try to do some uh, takes and some skits and and try to be funny
1: and it failed right out of the gate because mm. they weren't funny. Well, I mean, hey, look, it, it, you can go a long way in comedian, it, it being a comedian if you're funny. Not so much if you're not funny. And a lot of the unfunny comedians Mass. think they're funny.
3: Mass Singer. Who who's yes. the personalities on that? Who are the oh, the, the judges on um, that? Is, is that the Jenny McCarthy show? Uh,
1: Brett, uh, you're gonna have to let is me. She look part it up. of that team? I'm not sure. I don't watch the Mass Singer. Um, I don't. I don't watch
3: any of the singing dancing shows. I know
1: Kim Jong is is one of the one of the um, one of the judges for that. Let's see. Uh, Jenny McCarthy's on it. Um, Robin Thick is on it um and there's uh maybe one other on there but those are those are the ones I'm seeing right now Nick Cannon the lovely kind of gracious
3: Heidi Klum isn't she on one of those No
1: she's on uh, she's on America's Got Talent that's she's she's uh, America's Got Talent so a gotcha. uh, different show you know the mass singers where they come out in like a ridiculous costume and they sing and I guess the whole I've only seen like one episode of it I think the whole like idea of it is they're supposed to guess who's Who's the masked singer by like their voice or whatever, and they give them like some clues of who they might be. Um, is, is it
3: somebody that has a singing background? I mean, would it would be somebody like you know, Daryl
1: Hall under a outfit <laughs> or uh. Well, so sometimes, so like I know like um like uh, T Pain won it one year, um, and obviously he's a, he's a singer, but like also like Victor Oladipo has been on it. Um, oh, really? Yeah, there's been some other athletes I think that have been on it as well. But I know I know uh, uh he's been on it because he he has a really a, a beautiful voice, and I, I had no idea until that video kind of started circulating around that Victor Oladipo has a, a beautiful voice. But it's just celebrities. I mean, it can be actors, singers, uh, f- athletes, different different types of celebrities. It's a terrible show. I would not recommend it. But if you like it, hey, good for you. Any uh, any any known Duke connection to Ken Jong? I think he went to school there. Uh, I, uh, oh, did he? okay. He, so, yeah, so he he got his bachelor's degree at Duke. So he started there, and then. Um, For his MD, he went to uh, North Carolina, so a little bit, a little bad blood there. Starting at Duke and then finishing at North Carolina, Mm. I don't know that, but yeah, got his bachelor's at uh, at Duke, so so strong connections there.
3: Do you know how smart you have to be to do either one of those? One of those undergrad and then go to the other one. Same with Harvard and Yale, and it's why it's just preposterous. I'm not even going to get into a political candidate. One time that people say, "Yeah, you know, the, his his dad got him in." You know, <laughs> it it was, it was George W. Bush. Went undergrad to Yale and got his MBA at Harvard. <laughs> wow, <laughs> the first people the Harvard admissions board is looking to call, looking to veto, looking to nix, would be somebody with a with a Yale oh, undergrad yeah. degree. Oh yeah, and same with North Carolina and Duke. For you to get in, for you to do one of those under uh, and then get grad, if that there, you're not. It's not because somebody made calls for you. You got to be off the. You got to be pretty smart at least. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and it, so because it,
3: cause they're they're looking to veto them. I mean, oh, yeah. North Carolina to veto a Duke guy or Harvard to veto a Yale guy, a guy or a gal. They would love that. They dream of that.
1: <laughs> Yeah, so well, I didn't know this all this about about him. Um, he was uh, he did medical residency at North Carolina, graduated there with his M.D., wow. and then uh, became a physician in uh, Los Angeles, I, I believe, and worked at a, at a huh. hospital. And then, wait a
3: second, this guy's been on Game Day before somewhere, I think. I I'm, I'm remembering this bio now. Uh
1: let me let me let me see. Has he been
3: guest picker anywhere before? Uh, Has he been at North Carolina?
1: Oh 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 yeah 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 yeah. He he's been at uh he's been at UCLA uh Utah. I don't know why he was at that game, but he was on that one and uh he had a very funny um a very funny. I remember line him. That I cannot say on the no, no, air, no, 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 um, no, but it was it was cannot. funny. It was it was a good like Katy Perry line about South Carolina's uh-huh.
3: nickname. We cannot go. Yes, there.
1: we cannot go there. But it was funny, and they and every time college football starts, somebody posts that video. You are absolutely right. He was on game day before.
3: I do remember this. that. wasn't that, that long ago, was it?
1: Uh, no, it looks like uh, maybe just like two years ago.
3: Okay, I, I, I remember that now. In in pow- of power five schools, it leaves Cal. Illinois, Virginia, Rutgers, and Maryland. It's the only people wow. not to host. And I don't see any of those getting. I was about to say, uh, who's next on that list
1: to get game
3: day? Well, I say that about Maryland. I,
1: Maryland's undefeated, aren't they? Um, maybe. I'm, I'm pretty sure they are. Uh, and Talia Tungvaloa is having a good year. He is Real a Real good, good year, year statistically. Yeah, it looks like they are undefeated. Towson, Charlotte, Virginia, Michigan State. Um, so not going through death row. But, yeah, they, they are undefeated. Uh, but looking at the rest of their schedule, maybe if they can continue winning, they would uh, could pull a big upset against Ohio State and could set up a ranked-versus-ranked ranked showdown on November 4th at Maryland against Penn State. That could be a game-day game. I mean, very cold, but it could be a game-day game. Day game.
3: Well, it sure could be. Yeah. So maybe Greg Gaston's alma mater, Maryland. But you got to get through good.
1: number four, Ohio State, before before that would happen.
3: Yeah, don't don't see it for any of the rest of them. Rutgers yeah. three and one. UVA hadn't won a game. Illinois struggling. Have you seen the interception total at Illinois for Luke outmire the Ole Miss transfer?
1: I have not. What is four that?
3: touchdowns passing, seven interceptions? Whew yikes. I, I, I'm surprised at that. I wouldn't have thought he would have been that
1: careless with the ball. I, I was about to say, I mean, in the times I saw him at Ole Miss, very steady Eddie and kind of uh, you know very so. protective I, of the ball, so uh, that does surprise me.
3: Yeah, j- just wasn't going to gonna start at Ole Miss and right. ne- needed a place to go, and that's why I like, I, I like so much the player liberation sure. and the freedom for them to be able to, look, I, I don't want to be stuck here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go somewhere, you know, everybody in Ole Miss world feared it would be to Mississippi State where he was from in high school and i think his dad either was or is still the team physician at state so when really? he landed in illinois yeah so when he landed in illinois I, I i was glad for him and you know really really, really nice young guy you know they got the, the short straw having to come in for right. matt corral in the in, in the sugar yeah. bowl against baylor
1: yeah and that's tough i mean you talk about former old miss quarterback i mean john rice plumley same thing down at uh down at UCF now, I think he's I think he's injured. I don't think he played in the, in the last game because of an injury, but having a having a pretty good year down at down at UCF. So I do that is one thing I love. You know, uh, with a lot of people talking bad about the transfer portal and having things to say about it. One thing about it is, is is if you go in there and you just can't find that starting spot, I mean, you can get out of there and and uh, go to a different place. And it seems like a lot of these coaches around the country they try to live your dream. Yeah, and and it seems like a lot of these coaches are 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 open to that. Like, look, you know, I recruited you. I've built this relation. With you, I want you to go succeed somewhere. So I'm going to let you go out and, and and find another place where that potentially you could start at.
3: It is every weekend I'm watching a game and hear a name go. I didn't know he was there. Uh-huh. You informed me earlier today that who, who the quarterback was at Sam Houston State. That's right, Sam Houston. Rankin yeah, they L, dropped the yeah. state.
1: Sure did, yeah. but uh, speaking of, of college football, I, I asked Bill Bender about it, and it's kind of been out there for a while now, but now it seems like really getting some strong legs under it. The Ross Dellinger report earlier today that Army and the American Athletic Conference are in deep negotiations uh, that could be complete in the coming weeks. So we've, we've known that, that this seems to be the way the American wants to go with Army, but what would you make of seeing that we could be getting the announcement next week that Army will be a part of the American?
3: I'm not surprised. I don't know how enthusiastic I am about yeah. it. Uh, Bill was a little more than I am, sure. and I, I, I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be disagreeable with a very, very nice guest. It, it doesn't do a lot for me. I sure don't want to uh, be critical of, of West Point and, and what it right. represents. But but I, I'm I'm not wild about somebody that's not in for every sport. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to that around some of these mega-super conferences. There's just no way, okay, maybe football and men's basketball, maybe sure. football, men's basketball, and baseball. That's going to be close in some places. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we've, we could have to regionally, almost like barnstormers, yeah. get together and draw up a, a loose confederation of a league yeah. to, to have a lot of these sports exist as we know it. And we know because of Title IX, because of federal law, uh with us department of education nothing and, and nothing should happen to any any of the uh, of the non-revenue fe- female mm-hmm. sports they're they're going to exist so you know people can say all they want we, you know, we'll get rid of this or get rid of that N- nothing's no. get, being gotten rid of it's not going to happen but we may have to come up with a new way to to play out a, a schedule that makes any sense for time travel and budget
1: yeah, you're right. Well, and then I mean, that is absolutely one side of it. But also, I mean, take a school like Gonzaga. I mean, you really think in in ten years Gonzaga is just going to be kind of hanging out there in, in the West Coast Conference? I'm sure at mm-hmm. some point when we get to these mega conferences, one of these conferences is going to go. You know what? It might be a, a silly move, but we have a strong football uh, deal going on right now. Let's go get Gonzaga and add him for basketball. I mean, it's going to happen at some point. We're back we Zaga- with Big Twelve.
3: They kind of shot their shot this summer, though, didn't they? It, it, it they felt did. like it was close. It felt like it was, it was and, really and close. There are so many great stories out there on the summer of Brett Yormark, and mm-hmm. I go back uh, again. He, he was here, and I don't think anybody saw the complete disintegration mm-hmm. of, of the pack. it's yeah, no. down to two teams. About, huh. and and if that doesn't happen, if it stays viable in some form. I, I really do believe a late July, early August announcement was going to be made about Memphis in the Big 12. I, th- I think yeah. it was re- really close. So it can't be that far off in the future for something. If Absolutely. you're that close summer of 2023, what's 2024 got in store?
1: That's a, good
3: point. Uh, uh, a great
1: see. point, Brett, because nobody saw what happened this year with the pac Nobody. Or even the Big 12 expanding more and, and adding the, the four more schools that they did.
3: And, and you know you, you're you're seeing rumblings out there about Clemson in the mm-hmm. SEC right now. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I mean, and you're and and even going back further with the ACC. I mean, Florida State is seemingly unhappy in the ACC. Uh, there there are a couple schools in there that you could see moving from the ACC. So this is far from over. I mean, I think a lot of people still think that or, or think after the big move, okay, that's it for a while. But this this stuff is never going to stop. never
3: ends. No, it, it, it never, never ends. ends. It's it's I mean it, it's it's like. I mean, our, our trip around the sun, right. we're, all, we're always trying to circle
1: yeah. around it. Yeah, we're always moving, and that just seems uh, the same thing with, with conference realignment. But let's go ahead and get to our final break of the day. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56
0: app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now, back to sports time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot and Gene Company in Collierville. Here, once again, are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus.
1: Go.
0: Five in the you in yes. go crazy folks,
3: go crazy. This is for all the babies time.
0: You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. Hello,
1: It's obviously crash time. Hammer,
0: nail, coffin. this baby is over. <laughs>
3: The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, so good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three-cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla. With even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good,
1: they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today is that Travis Hunter and Colorado State's Henry Blackburn went bowling together yesterday. A video has been posted on Travis Hunter's uh, YouTube channel about it. The two have been communicating uh, since uh, Henry Blackburn, who is the one that that had that late hit that ended up uh, lacerating uh, Travis Hunter's liver. And as caused him to be out for these three weeks, um, but they they has, have been communicating the past couple of days, uh, and they went bowling yesterday, did a video about it, they donated some money to charity, uh, and all of it, Travis Hunter said that, you know, he wanted people to know that there's no bad blood between them, that, that it is a football play, you know, accidents happen, things happen sometimes in football, so I think for Travis hey, Hunter, who is a, a really young guy, you know, I... I I think about myself when I was in college just a couple of years ago, but to be able to be that big of a man with a lot of people behind you saying, oh, oh man, he did you wrong. He, he hurt you on purpose. He did that on purpose. But for him to be big enough to go and say, let's meet up, let's show people that, that there's no bad blood at all between us, I thought it was really cool to see.
3: On and off the field, maybe the most impressive college football yeah. player of the year, playing both ways for... Coach Sanders, Colorado Buffaloes. What what I learned, Saturday will be the 80th all-time meeting between A&M and Arkansas. It will be the 12th meeting at AT&T Stadium. All together now, Jerry's World, A&M 10-1 in Arlington at the edifice of Mr. Razorback. Mr. Jerry, always a close game, always thrilling. And I know a lot of Razorback fans are going Saturday and staying Sunday for the Cowboys. Oh, that will be a, a lot of
1: fun. What I could have done without is – the the performance last night from the uh, from the Seattle Mariners you know i i've talked about it earlier this week I talked with John about it earlier today you know that front office has said for more than a year now that they were going to go out in free agency and spend and when you look at that lineup and what they've done this year eh, they need to do some more spending they need to look at some of these pieces they have especially down that lineup they're close and, and they are they are very close and, and but they need to use this offseason to really go out and, and round out this this roster and when you look last year you know Teoscar Hernandez um, was the big pickup in the offseason and He's had times where he's been really good. A big defensive error last night in that game. But for the Mariners, I, I don't know what they'll do this weekend against uh, the Rangers. But that really was a must-win game last night against the Astros. They weren't able to do it. Um, a pretty one-sided affair last night for for Houston. But it should be fun uh, watching this weekend to see what happens in the AL West.
3: I could have done without the check swing last night that you could clearly hear hit the bat and see fouled into foul territory, into the ground Behind home plate in the Braves-Cubs game, the umps missed it. Yep. It couldn't be reviewed. Huh?
1: Crazy. And, We're and reviewing good, everything. It could be
3: changed. What, what What if that happens over the next month, late in the game? Never have I been so sure of something as this. We're going to have a PR nightmare I think you're come out right. of baseball uh-huh. at some point in October with Manfred <sighs> over there with that look on his face yeah. like, I just work uh-huh. here. Uh-huh. You oh, know? Yeah. What,
1: what me? me do something? Yep. Yep, you're you're absolutely right. Where are you beaming tonight?
3: Beam Meto to Titletown, NFL Mayberry, home of Lombardi, Star, Horning, Farf, White, Rogers, Lambeau Field, made famous by winners in Cole games and John Facenda, Lions Packers.
1: I like that. That's a good one. Uh, Beam me up to Chicago tonight. I'm wearing the Blackhawks sweater tonight. Connor Bedard will make his preseason NHL debut with the Blackhawks. That's at 7.30 tonight on NHL Network. Beam me up there to see this guy that some people say could be the best hockey player we've seen in a while.
3: I'm going to watch Rich Rod tonight in the history of coaches I've ever been around. Nobody could cuss more beautifully than Rich (laughs) Rod. He could use some words, as adjectives, verbs,
1: nouns, anything. That's great. That's beautiful. Well, that's all the time we have. Enjoy your night. Obviously, a lot of college football to watch tonight, but enjoy your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon at 3 (laughs) o'clock.